0: Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast created by Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next.
1: Hello again, Web3 Curious listeners. If you're tuning into our podcast, we'd love for you to connect with us on our social media channels. Let us know what aspects of the show you love and what or who you're eager to hear more about. Your insights help us refine the show and bring you the topics and guests that matter most to you. Thanks for sticking with us. Back to the episode hi everyone josh krieger host of edge of nft live in singapore at the web3 gaming summit 2023 powered by abga this is our second year here we're having a blast meeting all sorts of cool people really learning how the asia gaming ecosystem is developing and certainly a key player in that is bnb chain and i really am excited to meet here with walter lee who is the business development and Web3 gaming growth lead at BNB Chain? Great to have you on the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be
1: here. Yeah, so just a little background for our listeners BNB Chain is a leading L1 blockchain infrastructure, and Walter spearheads the Web3 gaming initiatives, fostering strategic partnerships, building connections across the gaming industry. He's also the founder of Game5, which is a Web3 Game5 management consultancy focused on the growth of the gaming sector in Web3. And he's chairman of the game GameFi committee at the Risk and Insurance Management Association of Singapore. And he advises uh, Ether Games, a prominent Web3 gaming studio. So you are sort of really deep in the gaming space. Yep, That's yep. the bottom and
2: line. Just to update a bit further as well, like for game five, it was before I joined BNB Chain. So I closed that consultancy business because like not to have any clash of interest at BNB Chain. So I closed that and the chairman position at Remask is a nonprofit angle from there. So yeah, my main role is really in BNB Chain right now. Cool.
1: But you have this broader perspective from all this other work that you've done. So I'm really, I'm excited to sort of talk about some of the detailed projects and everything that you're working on. But what does everyone need to know about BNB Chain and how it's sort of tied to the gaming ecosystem if they're not familiar with it already?
2: Okay, so I think most people will like refer to BNB Chain as the layer one blockchain with the largest ecosystem. So we have around a million daily active users right now in current markets and that creates about 3 million transactions every day. in the sense that projects such as games, right, you're looking for people, ecosystem, that is where I think gaming will shine on BNB chain for like developers to really develop that game. Because if your game is fun and then naturally, if you put it in the largest ecosystem, you will gain the highest traction with the most number of gamers. So this is the angle of BNB chain half with gaming, right? So,
1: so your job is pretty easy then?
2: I mean, not really. Like uh, We still have to like progressively because it's a very dynamic atmosphere, right? we have to consistently, as an infrastructure company, catch up with the technology for our developers. So that is why for- To develop
1: some, like high fidelity games with AAA games.
2: Correct, and we have to provide the infrastructure for that. Like on layer one alone, maybe a few years back, the technology might be enough. But right now, layer twos are coming out. We need faster transactions, lower gas fees to feed the developers like uh, what they want to really do for web 3 gaming. So that is the challenge. model. Yeah, you're right, like many people would love to deploy here and we're happy and welcome them but overall we have to be on our toes like in this industry
1: and i'm assuming that you're a gamer by trade that you yeah i mean to be the gaming lead you have to have a passion for gaming what are some of the recent games that have come out on the chain that you're excited about the gameplay and maybe some of the ones coming out soon that haven't been released yet
2: So because the industry is very new, I think if you see the games that we have right now, there are a couple of like trading card games or casual games, for example from Game Meta and back then we have SLG games like Monstera. It is more sort of like the early days of, I would say, Web2 gaming style. But don't be mistaken, like there are many genres of people still enjoying this area of like casual games. But as most gamers know, the high quality games like PC games or console requires a lot of manpower and time to develop. being a new industry, we know a lot. Many years. Yeah, yeah. Like many people, many years So They're yeah, at a stage whereby we talk to a lot of them, and they are developing right now. So some examples that you can see some launching their betas and alphas, like Citizen Conflict, for example. Or there are a few games we feature at ECC at France, Oxia Origin, and uh, by Lit Labs, that's again Cyber Titans game. Gfal, they have a studio that created a lot of games as well. So they're starting to put up like one game out of the studio, but slowly they are increasing the quality getting more talents and i believe more and more really high quality games will launch very soon like maybe this year or next year
1: very cool yeah i think that's the theme i've sort of experienced in these conversations in korea and in singapore so far is just be patient the games are being built it's a little bit different than the normal sort of when launched, right, yeah, uh, mentality it, because yeah. you can't launch a game prematurely if it's not ready. And this is a very complex infrastructure that's being built.
2: I agree. I agree.
1: Makes sense. So speaking of infrastructure, I think you're doing a lot to support the ecosystem. One of those initiatives is the BNB chain hack
2: you call it? Oh, yeah. It's one of our hackathons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that all about? Okay, so for BNB chain, because we want to grow our ecosystem, so we understand hackathons are important for startup to showcase themselves to potential investors or other people that are looking for great games to play. So Hackvolution is our recent hackathon event that we do, but just follow our socials and you can see we do a lot of hackathons like almost every few months, like we have most valuable builder, we have the zero to hero, but they also have one goal to let our startups showcase their quality of their games, their innovation, and really to put it up on the market so that they, they get invested and have the runway to bring the games to
1: the community at BNB Chain. That's great. So something to check out if you're in the gaming space. And you also partnered with Animoca Brands on a really unique uh, GameFi tokenomics study that sort of focuses on sort of what are the network effects and sustainable tokenomics for gaming. Tell us a little bit more of that project and some of the learnings.
2: Okay, so for BNB Chain, because we are a decentralized sort of platform, we don't really specifically like partner with firms and stuff but what we do is we collaborate with many strong brands like any mocha brands itself to together we build the gaming infrastructure itself in the bmb chain space so because like for example they probably have games in their portfolio that is looking for a strong maybe multi-chaining strategy or they're looking to deploy on BNB chain so that is where we as bmb chain we can work with them We get those projects with high potential and we help with maybe like marketing or some ecosystem support to really bring the games to our users our community but you
1: also studied the tokenomics and what works are there any insights from those studies that you were surprised Uh,
2: by i think the studies generally i would say right now there is no perfect recipe for tokenomics and yeah i can't really comment on the exact like uh, what kind of tokenomic recipe to use but i would say over the years, like for game gaming economics, we have to be very careful about like the past cycle. We have to be careful about supply and demand of economics. like oversupply is dangerous. We've seen that. Yes, yes, so you have to have like burning utilization of the tokens to keep the demand up, that kind of thing. So I think these are the general macroeconomics that we must focus on for future games to be successful. These are a few
1: things. Cool. That's, yeah, that makes sense. And I think there's a lot of lessons learned from the past bull run that we can apply to make more sustainable games in the future. I agree. So in terms of like BNB chain, you do have exposure to what your colleagues are doing in the Web3 space. Are there any sort of initiatives or sort of projects that you're particularly excited about in terms of the broader Web3 ecosystem that BNB is building?
2: Okay, so I think what I'm really excited about is uh, what we're offering our developers. So BNB chain is already like sort of relatively fast and low gas fees. That is part of the success of our growth. But right now, we are catching up further. We are building OP BNB using the Optimistic Grow-Up. So, that, so what
1: does that stand for?
2: Optimistic BNB, OP BNB. Got it. Yeah, so that's the layer 2 of BNB chain. and. We offer faster transaction rates. Roughly now, it's on testnet like about twice as fast with like eighty percent lesser gas fees. So I believe that will help with adoption, right? Because like for gamers, sometimes although the gas fees is already low, but uh, certain concepts or certain transactions, uh, people still feel that it can be cheaper and faster, so that. We can really drive the fast-moving and big volume in the web3 space as a whole not just gaming so very excited for that we cool. are probably launching this year
1: that's exciting are there any projects outside of gaming that have launched that have really taken off maybe in the entertainment space or the virtual world space other genres outside of gaming
2: other genres outside of gaming. i will say that um because web3 right is all about people and community i think there is a convergence like some people do call it social Phi and then game fight right back then but i think there's a convergence whereby gaming is also about the people for traditional gaming we are kind of like behind our computers right now since online computing but now in the online space, because of Red 3, communities are being built like Xfinity has a huge community in the Philippines. Because of people owning the tokenomics and maybe having a DAO to make decisions of the games, that brings the social aspect into gaming, which is the interesting. But I think this is uh, really leveraging on the spirit of Red 3 to change gaming. So the social aspect of gaming, I think maybe social gaming, is I think is really an upcoming trend. And we can even see this in traditional games. Like, uh, is
1: there someone that's launched on BNB?
2: I think there are many, many launching, like I think uh, we can see some upcoming this year or next year that they sort of like, it's a platform that uses your hash and then you participate in the platform, you participate in the games, you can create community links on it. That kind of thing, all of this is happening. To highlight on that BNB chain, we are very into Web3 esports, so we have the gaming ambassadors of uh, the gaming gladiators. They are the number one Dota 2 team in the world. They have our logo over here on the jerseys. Nice. Yeah, and they have a gaming platform. what like I said, that's one of the few gaming platforms that we have on BNB chain that really brings the Web3 social and gaming aspect all together.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all these insights with us and spending it's a little pleasure. time together. If folks want to learn more about the BNB ecosystem, the BNB gaming ecosystem, where do they go?
2: can uh, follow our Twitter, it's our largest and strongest social, Twitter at BNB Chain. So, yep, yeah, do look out for information and different events and campaigns being featured there.
1: All right, well, thanks, Walter, for hanging Thank out. so much. Yep.
0: You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your bag? Or, have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? And, does blockchain taste better barbecued? or deep fried. (laughs) Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore, because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real-world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy, if you're into those sorts of things. Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients, IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure, (laughs) argh. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOV for 50% off and start your next block today.
1: What's up, everyone? Josh Krieger, co host of Edge of NMT, here with Richard Carthon, live in Seoul, Korea. We are having a blast. Today we are at Ava House, which is on this dope floating island. It was really cool to come over here, besides the traffic. And we're getting to know someone really special in that ecosystem today, which is Ed Chang, head of gaming at Ava Labs. Great to hang out, Ed.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is exciting.
1: Absolutely. So for those of you at home, Ed brings a wealth of experience to the team. He has a background as a Senior Director of Partnerships at Electronic Arts, Head of Business Development at Streamlabs, and the founder of Basic Agency. He is well-equipped to navigate the industry's evolving landscape and driving innovation adoption in the world of blockchain gaming at Gaming's been the talk of town, I'd say, for this trip. It's easy to appreciate that with sort of the all the iconic IP and gaming history and. Asia. But I guess it's worth asking the question, why did you guys decide to do this event in Asia at this dope floating island? And sort of how does that relate to sort of your focus?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I think when you look at kind of the progression of how Web3 Gaming has developed, you've really seen a lot of investment from the Asian publisher side, right? Like, especially in Korea and Japan, where you've got publishers like Nexon and Neowiz and Netmarble and Square Enix and Gumi and Greed, these are like really storied publishers and they've kind of really bought into this like crypto Web3 ethos, right? And more so than maybe their Western counterparts. So alongside a lot of kind of the regulation and things that are being adopted and just kind of a general sentiment towards crypto, we think it's really ripe to really scale up in terms of mass adoption. And so like we were very targeted as a company and not just in gaming on the Korean market and Japanese market. And I think You've also seen that in the moves that we've made, right? So the BD team traditionally has been in the West, but our first kind of international expansion was in Korea. So we've got Justin as our head of Korea. We've got Roy as our head of Japan. They're doing a really great job of kind of spreading the word of Avalanche and bringing on some really solid partners.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the gaming aspect. One of the companies that is doing something really cool is, is Shrapnel and, and got to experience playing a little bit of that game plan, I think. You know, it's just a taste of a lot of really cool gaming that's coming this way. But in addition to the gaming and everything else, you have a ton of awesome content that's coming out today. What are some of the highlights and things that you're looking forward to as far as some of the things that Avalanche is currently moving forward?
3: Yeah, and it's great because it's not just on the gaming side, right? So I think yesterday we announced a couple really big partners in Japan. They are focused around kind of the loyalty point system. So across the two, over 100 million potential users being represented and. This is tech and scale that we're really excited about because we feel like you can only do that on Avalanche, right? So there was that yesterday. I think today we're announcing kind of a DeFi protocol called Cavalry. I think today we've also announced a new NFT platform and marketplace called HyperPlay or Hyperspace coming to Avalanche. And then we're also gonna be on stage later announcing a new partner for a gaming program that we have called Arcade, where it allows us to kind of broker and bridge the connections between traditional Web2 publishers who wanna learn more from kind of native Web3 gaming teams and vice versa.
1: Very cool. And you also have a partnership with Rumble Kongs, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm a fan of sort of the sports genre of gaming. I was an old school Madden fan. Tell me a little bit more about Rumble Kongs and what you guys are doing there.
3: Yeah, we really like that team. It's the co-founders. One of them was a co-founder of Sandbox. Another one, kind of a crypto native and NFT rental platform alongside other things. So we've had a really good relationship with them. We've been talking with them for a while. I also grew up playing games like NBA Jam, which is very similar to like- Yeah, yeah, Total, totally <laughs> played a lot of NBA Jam. Yeah, and with more of like an obviously like an ape-like theme, right? So they've done a really good job building a strong brand traditionally on Ethereum. They've brought in some really well-known influencers like Steph Curry, Paul George, who have like repped the different gear and logos and they've got like CA Sports on board and they just really built a rabid following. But now as they're kind of transitioning away from an NFT collection to like an actual game, you need the scale, you need the speed, you need the transaction fees that something like Avalanche can help with. So we're really excited to announce them coming aboard. It's going to be like a gradual transition of how to actually get all the assets over, but we're working a lot with them over time on figuring that out.
1: So with the gameplay experience there, I mean, does the rarity of your ape have a lot to do with their performance on the court?
3: Yeah, I think there's a lot of things to figure out. I mean, I think gaming in general has kind of moved towards more of a traditional like free to play, like even on the Web3 gaming side, right? I think the early games were like, hey, an NFT is going to gate your access to the game. But like, if you're a game publisher, you don't want to limit that potential success, you need to hit critical mass. So then it's about how do you get that top of the funnel as wide as possible. And then you can kind of add on freemium or premium features with NFTs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I have picked up on that theme in conversations where, especially with regulations varying by country, some folks are sort of making that experience around blockchain come later in the process right where you're already hooked on the game and now you can kind of take another level of stickiness to the experience
3: yeah exactly and I think that's a great point right like when I started here the conversation was very similar to what Axie Infinity did with like two tokens and then it was like one token and then now it's like do you need a token right for the game can you use stable coin or the native coin of the platform a lot of really interesting considerations that we're stepping through with all of our partners these days
4: And I think it's really cool to see the evolution of even just from what you're doing in gaming and and figuring out how to bridge these pieces and making it be more seamless and having that really good experience. You have other initiatives going on and one of them happens to be the Avalanche Vista and have some really great announcements that's been coming out with that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, I think the blessing and the curse of Avalanche is that we're not just an NFT platform. We're not just a gaming platform, right? There's kind of six verticals that we like try to excel in. Like there's institutional, there's DeFi, there's enterprise, right? And so Morgan, who leads our institutional efforts, she's been doing a really great job. And, you know, there's this concept of like RWAs, which stand for real world assets, right? And so this program is We've announced a program with KKR, right? The, the massive private equity fund about tokenizing one of their funds and putting it on chain. Super exciting, right? You have instant settlement, way cheaper transaction fees. Like you can think of a world where pretty much everything is on-chain and tokenized, and you can easily transact those things back and forth. So Vista is our first, one of our first large initiatives to help kind of spearhead that, to help handhold a lot of these large traditional finance companies, um, bring them into kind of this new age of Web3. And like I said, I think. With the tool set and the tech that we have, we're like one of the only chains that can enable this at scale. And and it's really exciting, all the efforts that Morgan's putting in right now.
1: Very cool. And in the South Korea market, besides gaming, you're also working with SK Planet. Yeah. And you just did a big
3: partnership there. Yeah. So SK Planet, going back to this loyalty use case, right? They have a loyalty program called OK Cash Bag, right? And so this is something where it's got tens of millions of people who are actually using it in the Web2 world. And so now they're bringing that into Web3 and they're slowly onboarding all of these KYC users, like actual real use cases of your loyalty points on chain. You can transact it for other things. You can sign up for merchants. Like that loyalty use case is massive in Asia, even more so than it is in, in the Western world. And it's just the start, right? There's a lot of other things we're talking to that team about. And SK is, is one of the biggest companies in Korea, so it's a great kind of first massive announcement to the world that we're taking this market seriously, and, and we're going to be here for a long time.
4: I think it's a really good distinction and something I just want to spend a quick amount of time on, which is how a lot of emphasis over on how you can grow on the Asian markets and learn from a lot of active pieces that's different than the Western side, right? From the loyalty standpoint, from different interactions that happen over here versus what happens in the Western side and, and be able to learn from that and be able to take it into other parts of the world. What do you say is like one of the biggest things that Avalanche has, has learned from being here in Asia and then being able to take some of those lessons and then applying it to the rest of the world?
3: Yeah, I think there's a couple, right? And I think one of the first things is really just having like a dedicated wow. Korea team in market has been really helpful, right? So obviously here, getting to know a lot of the players it's it's spending a lot of face time with them building a relationship like other markets but like having boots on the ground here with localized language support and all that has really been helpful of like helping partners like SK and others like get up and running and get help quickly. So that's been great. And then, of course, on the marketing side, like the way you're going to market to a Korean market, it's going to be different than the way you market in US, right? So our team understands a lot of those nuances, has tried those things and has figured a lot of those things out. So on a larger level, as well as even like crypto adoption, right? I think people here are a lot more open when they hear like, oh, this is an NFT or this is on blockchain, which is great because the Asian market has like much higher penetration, I would say, than the Western market in terms of crypto adoption.
1: Yeah, I think you underscoring a key part of all this, which is sort of the importance of being on the ground and having those face-to-face interactions and breaking down barriers that way, especially in cultures where that's the way that business is done. It's not done via Zoom yeah. or Twitter DMs, right? So it makes a lot of sense. Anything on the roadmap here in Korea or sort of more broadly that you're particularly excited about?
3: Yeah, I think the really interesting thing on the roadmap side is Avalanche is one of the first out there to kind of develop this app chain thesis, right? The white paper three, four years ago talked about this subnets feature that we have that allows you to deploy your own private blockchain on top of our main chain. I think for a long time, it was kind of just like speaking about a blueprint where partners would be like, oh, that sounds cool. And then now we've got a ton of subnets in deployment. We've got ones like SK and you know Merit Circle and Shrapnel and all that. And people are seeing that vision. And I think other chains are taking notice and a lot of them are trying to kind of fast follow the app chain thing and it's been great for us because I think for us like the value prop is hey we've always said this is the future like this is like our make it or break it it's going to be subnets it's going to be horizontal scaling right so I think just stay tuned there's going to be a lot more really cool developments around subnets things like Ava cloud which we've announced that allows for one click subnet deployment a lot of really cool custom features that allow you to deploy your chain within minutes that kind of stuff just makes it really easy for a traditional non-crypto-native developer to get up and running as fast as possible.
1: And I guess there's some pretty meaningful benefits from a security perspective, from a privacy perspective, from sort of just the control side of things that enterprises and game publishers are looking for, where they want to be holding um, too much on someone else's sort of platform or technology.
3: Yeah, exactly. And even beyond that, the analogy we use a lot is kind of like a freeway, right? Like A lot of these monolithic chains, it's just maybe a really large freeway, but eventually like there's all these different cars and dApps, there are times where there's going to be traffic and you're kind of beholden to like, the masses. Whereas with a subnet, you have your own private freeway. You can set the rules like speed limits and traffic rules, but it's like you can control that flow, right? Like what the tolls are. And what's great is the things that are happening on mainnet, they don't affect the subnets, right? So the privacy part, kind of the speed, the customization, all those things, especially for a game developer or a developer like SK, you don't have time to think about what's happening with the rest of the world. You're so busy building your business.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, we're on the other side of Seoul, we're going over in traffic, the bridge exactly. is clogged, we exactly. get here and now we're in this beautiful floating island oasis where it's avalanche swag and tasty food, cookies with avalanche logo on them. I get it, and it's it's your
3: domain. to The sort promised of do land, exactly, exactly. Um,
1: Yeah. And if you could like have some little costs for me to get over this jet lag, that would be great too.
4: And uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up is just last year when you were planning this event, unfortunately, they had the flooding and everything else that happened that kind kind of put a damper on things. How does it feel to be here this year, fully have everyone here, a nice, beautiful day? Like how are you feeling just with everything going on?
3: Yeah, it feels good. Look, I think we're known for a lot of things, but like one of the things that's awesome that I've noticed is that our events team does such a good job putting on really great events and content. And I think it was such a shame last year that they weren't able to really showcase the full power. I mean, it was so impressive, like flipping on a dime and like switching the venues and doing a one day event. But like today is like, is kind of like a pinnacle of like all the planning from last year and this year as well, and they just knock it out of the park every time. So it's great to be here.
1: There you go. Where can folks go to learn more about what you guys are doing in the gaming realm more broadly and maybe get in touch with you if they want to do something in the gaming side?
3: Yeah, so I think our Twitter handle is just at AVAX, A-V-A-X, for all things Avalanche. And then we've also got a gaming-focused Twitter. It's Gaming on AVAX. You can send a DM to that account, and my personal account is just at EDC, and DMs are open. So looking forward to hearing from anybody who might have questions or wants to talk about their project.
1: Right on. Well, thanks for having us, and great to get a sense of what's going on in your world, and I look forward to hearing more in the future.
0: Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. Hi. We love having listeners like you, because you're not only generous, but you're smart, and you want to maximize the impact of your generosity. Donating money to help people can be a wonderful and selfless act. But how can you feel confident that your donations are improving or saving lives effectively? You could do weeks of research to find the charities that are out there, programs that they run, how effective those programs are, and how the charity might use your money. Or you could visit GiveWell.org. There, you'll get a short vetted list of the best charities they've found at saving or improving lives per dollar. GiveWell spends over 20,000 hours each year researching charitable organizations and only recommends a few of the highest impact evidence back to charities they've found. Here's an example of how we at Edge of NFT make our charitable contributions go super far. Quick search on GiveWell's website. Found their maximum impact fund. Clicked donate. Sent crypto to their address. Done. Their maximum impact fund distributes quarterly to the charities that they believe will do the most good. GiveWell accepts a broad variety of popular tokens and provides a simple way to document your donation. If you've never donated to GiveWell's recommended charities before, you can have your donation matched up to $250 before the end of the year or as long as matching funds last. To claim your match, go to GiveWell.org and pick podcast and enter Edge of NFT at checkout. Make sure they know you heard about GiveWell from Edge of NFT to get your donation matched. Hi everyone!
1: Welcome back to Edge of NFT live in Singapore. Thank you to ABGA Gaming Summit for bringing us together with the CEO of Cross the Ages, Sammy Schlagu. Oh, you do it so well! Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> Complicated names, just par for the course in the world of Web three. So, guys, Cross the Ages, dope trading card game leveraging blockchain tech for real card ownership. Sammy's is the founder of Pixel Heart, Rush on Game, free agent games with seven global studios. And he has a strategic vision around driving industry change and revolutionizing gaming experiences with blockchain integration. It's the top game production studio redefining card gaming and blockchain's role in entertainment. So yeah, Cross the ages, man, sounds really exciting. What does the world need to know about Cross the ages? I
5: think you just say everything I can live now, you know? <laughs> No, more seriously, so as you say, we come from the gaming industry, so we spent 12 years to produce video games for the web too, for Nintendo, Sony, Xbox, and our expertise helped us a lot to understand how we you know, be able to create an hybrid project. So, three years ago, CrossEdit started with a, an idea to create a, not a game, but a, a whole IP. So we start with a book, seven books, with writers, so seven writers aside for 10 years, the first book made 1 million downloads in many languages. And then from that, we start to create the community behind. So we, we generate more and more followers. Like they, they, they start to uh, follow the law, discover the adventures, the character of the universe. And then this helped us to build, you know, the, the card giving of Prozheight. I spent uh, 28 years of my life to collect card giving, Wow. Oh. Magic, Pokemon, and like all this stuff. And uh, when I used to be a kid, I keep those boxes, you know, sealed that I sold in 2020. Okay, I paid them for 100 bucks and I sold them for 300k, you know, each. And this money, you know, uh, helped me to launch across the ages and to hire, like, more than 100 artists international.
1: I love that bootstrapping story. It's like the Airbnb founders yeah. selling the cereal, right? Yeah, 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 But, I mean, it sort of shows your passion for collectibles. Oh, yeah,
5: yeah, I'm a huge fan, and uh, in, in 2019, when I started, I completely you know, understood, you know the mechanic of NFT. So I have become owner of uh, many Ape, many Azuki, many artifact, and like so many collection. That I feel that it's gonna be like good to have them, you know, in the future. And then the idea was to create a first game of TCG a trading card game, where like people will be able, you know, to have a challenge play with a new kind of game fun first, and then being able to be a web to game. The big problem and the big issue we have today is when we're talking about Web Three, uh, all the people from Web2 are very scared about that. For them, it's clumsy or like a scam.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, it sounds like you're not even using words like that. Oh no, never. Um, you don't need to, right? No, you just you have to play a, a fun game. Yeah, yeah you
5: just yeah. have to play to the game. And you we're using, you know, the blockchain technology for the ownership. so it's a load of
1: because it's the best technology for completely, the need, right?
5: Completely. Because, like, with that, you can be able to sell, to rent, you know, everything you get. And we also created a system of interoperability in the universe of cross I'm not selling the moon and tell you that we are gonna take a sword for another game or a car for another game. You're gonna have, like, all the same assets from one game to another game. So we start with a TCG. We're gonna start next year with an opening world, with an engine, completely different game more mass, mass uh, attractive, and uh, the idea is that to create... What,
1: what's that called again?
5: Arise. Arise. Arise is going to start like uh, middle of next year.
1: Exciting. And you also have Mantra Season 2 coming up? Yes. What's the inspiration behind that initiative?
5: So every six months, you have a new collection. The collection is a part of the universe of the Ages. You have 14 collections already prepared, and one every six months. The first collection was accounts. Second collection uh, was entries, and this is pretty impressive because we start at pre-sale, so we have like a number of pack, limited pack, twenty thousand packs with a number of NFT, and we sold in less than three hours six hundred thousand NFT. Wow! So when we're talking about the market, when everything is like that, how you know a collection can be sold like that, and how you know a collection with today more than uh, two point two million NFT is just raising the price day after day.
1: And what was the average price point on those NFTs sold? So, so the minimum
5: price is one, and the maximum one is One dollar. One dollar. Yeah. That's and the maximum price now is one hundred and thirty-five. So, wow. So,
1: like Richard from Manifold talks about buying NFT should be like buying a cup of coffee. Is that something you agree with? It's really different because.
5: Why people are buying the NFT across the ages is because of the utility behind it. For us, we are mainly focused on giving an utility behind that. For example, we've seen an evolution on our pack of NFT in one year. Every pack across the ages from the first edition made between X2 to X500. All of them. Absolutely all of them. That means that you have some pack of 10 bucks that you used to have that in June 2022. Today is 5,000. Wow. And the utility behind is what you can find inside that help you, you know, to evolve and like you can sell it and rent it or whatever you can want to do with it. This is exactly the objective of the game, giving utility for the NFC.
1: And are you dabbling with AI at all?
5: No. So we're only using AI, you know, for the PVE mod that's going to launch uh, next month. But we're not going to use any kind of AI for art illustration because I have an agreement with my artist I like the old drawing, everything. And like for us, it's really important to keep this handmade, you know. So I know it's old school, but like we're really proud, you know, to have like this kind of how can i can say that, you know, uh, basis, you know, the company and like
1: the kind of Yeah, capacity. that ethos. Yeah, that make, I appreciate that. I mean, it's just like you make a decision, you stick with oh, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I'm very
5: okay with that, you know. Like people say, like you can create a card like for cheap and not have to pay and wait, like. But like when you create a universe like that. You have so much people coming, you know, for the artists. When well you have, like, the artists of Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Marvel, and Sigma, I mean, of all of them from Avatar, they all included in for And so, I like think coming to have this card and, like, a happy, you know, to, for having, like, this experience.
1: I appreciate that. So, again, ABGA brought us together originally. We're doing the interview at Token 2049, which is right next door to where that event was. In both cases, Asia is thriving. People can... Seeing the video, you can see all the action outside of this venue. Why is Asia important to you and to what you're building?
5: So it's uh, we have today, um, our first community is based in France because we launched the game in France. However, you know the second community is super close to Japan with 80% of our community. Wow. Yeah. So we have 20% in France, 18 in Japan, 7 in Korea. And we didn't start yet communication. Just imagine the potential of those.
1: Just organic. Yeah. Wow. So the community just found the game and latched on to it.
5: We have today uh, 120,000 regular players, real people. And we have also like a 15 daily user, 50k daily user, And this is going to be like 10 times more in a few months. Because the game was released in April, this April. So it's pretty new. For 8 weeks, uh, we get the top chart and the top rank for Apple Store and Play Store. And now you, what we're doing is just getting more and more organic.
1: Pretty exciting stuff. Really appreciate your perspective, and look forward to see your progress. Where can folks go to learn more about what you're up to?
5: So we have the website Cross the Ages. Uh, you will have like uh, all the links you know, not following us on YouTube and Discord, and Telegram, and all the social media. Twitter also we are pretty active on social media. And uh, yes, like uh, I always say, you don't have to spend nothing. It's free to play. And we're really happy if you want to discover the universe, the comic, the books, the movie, the, the, everything created on the universe of both games.
1: Sounds awesome, Sammy. Thanks for spending some time together, and let's catch up again soon. Thank you. And now, a brief interlude from today's show so you can get ready to wave your magic wand with Cast Magic. Our team has saved a ton of time and money using Cast Magic for our show, and the potential use cases are boundless for any company creating content. Imagine turning a single recording into a goldmine of engagement. For any type of show, webinar, or other type of audio and or video content, whether it's short or long. With Cast Magic, you can save over 20 hours a week. No more tedious transcribing or brainstorming social media posts. Cast Magic does it all, generating show notes, summaries, blog posts, and even newsletters and minutes. Think of it as your content alchemist, transforming every audio or video into a treasure trove of valuable content. Want to experience the magic? Get a seven-day trial on us by going to bit.ly forward slash castmagic referral and join castmagic's vibrant slack community of over a thousand innovators don't just create cast your magic with cast magic hello everyone josh krieger host of edge NFT, live in singapore at the web3 gaming summit that agba is putting together and we are just really excited to be here again because we came last year, we had a great time, met some amazing people, seeing what's on the forefront of gaming and all things Web3. And today I'm speaking with Vera, the AKA Vera the Ape, who is part of the special council of ApeCoin. And for those that don't know, she actually has a sense of background working at Nvidia and Apple, as well as her involvement with Board Chili and Pink Board Apes. Really, I've been a leader in this space. It was cool to have you as an attendee at Outer Edge this past year and continue to look forward to doing more together. A little bit more context for those of you that don't know, ApeCoin is linked to the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT collection and it merges the RSC20 token fostering decentralized autonomous organization called ApeCoin DAO, allowing anyone to hold Ape tokens to participate in governance. And despite its ties to Yuga Labs, the creator of Board Ape's ApeCoin actually emphasizes community-driven nature, and it's really a broader ecosystem in a rapidly growing model. I actually had the opportunity to moderate the presidential special counsel debate. but You somehow managed to escape my debate because you're already on the council, right? Yes, I'm
6: already on the council.
1: Cool, cool. That, lucky, lucky me. <laughs> yeah,
6: I... I, They I, I, barbecued by you,
1: man. No, no, it wasn't really that much of a barbecue. They had a good time. And they really put a lot of thought into the answers because this is a serious position, a lot of responsibility. I'm curious what made you decide to join the council and how is it sort of compared to your expectations? Do you have any buyer's remorse?
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I've been in this ecosystem for a long time and I was like, this is a great opportunity. And they're all dudes that are running for the council, and my community message me, say, hey, we need more women to be on the seat. Absolutely. And we need diversity, we need people to deeply participate and care about the community. So I have my community, as you mentioned, board Chile community. So I listen to community, and that's why I ran for the special council. And in terms of experience, it's wonderful. It is definitely a lot of stress because this constant like, communication with community and expectation but we're a DAO and we're serving for the community, so...
1: And what's been your focus in terms of your role on the special counsel and what are sort of type of the things that you're trying to advocate for?
6: Yeah, so I pretty much go to a lot of events and show face there to share people who we are and how to participate in our DAO and having like conversations, navigating people who are willing to write a proposal, kind of walk them through about the process, delivering the mission that we have just kind of like spreading out the words that's pretty much what I do and I do a lot of like Europe Asian approach as well so yeah bring diversity
1: very cool very cool so you have a pretty thoughtful long-term roadmap for marketing and bringing more awareness to ApeCoin and what you guys are doing I guess at this point, you're in sort of the early phases of that marketing execution plan. Maybe you can kind of talk about the specifics on what you all plan to do in terms of bringing awareness.
6: Yeah. So as our special counsel, our role is to design to governance the DAO and making sure that everything is running smoothly. We're following the rule and legal perspective as well. We're not the one that creating that role. So we wanted to inspire communities to they can create a group. Of marketing group and they can write a strategy coming for the proposal they will leading on that marketing strategy and where we're going so we're there to making sure that things are go right on their behalf and we can how we can serve them so in terms of like our road design we don't really have a roadmap design for the DAO we wanted the community to create that
1: it's all about co-creation Yes. right yes that makes sense and so what sort of has been some of the fun outcomes so far in terms of proposals that you've seen kind of go through and that you're excited about?
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like very interesting proposals.
1: One of the, Probably some really eccentric ones too, right?
6: <laughs> very, well, I mean, like you see other proposals in like grant system, they're talking about infra, they're talking about building and this and that. But for our DAO, you can say everything, like there are people wanted to create a Hollywood movie for Dow and including or feature Dow plus the Board Apes in it.
1: Are you gonna have a cameo?
6: Maybe, but then also like there are proposals that created for Thank Ape, you know, one of the proposals that we had. So they requested a certain amount of grants and then they're empowering as a smaller entity to like support a community artist and they also giving grants smaller grants as well, so that like smaller request doesn't have to go through our proposal process, which is much relatively longer and you know need a lot of attention from the whole DAO voting. They have a smaller group of people can do that smaller decisions, which can be a little bit more efficient.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons of having a big DAO with a lot of opinions, right? So having that sort of fast track for smaller decisions, that makes a lot of sense. I've seen that sort of trend. And you're also doing some cool partnerships with like Thrivecoin. Can you tell us more about that?
6: Yeah, Thrivecoin is actually the one that they created, thank you.
1: Cool. And what's the background there on that entity, Thrivecoin?
6: Thrivecoin, I think they're kind of building this DAO reputation or kind of like an HR ecosystem. So they actually working, like designing for a lot of DAOs. They are actually participating in different DAOs, kind of building this service plus infra layer of people management, also like DAO operational assistant sort of functions in different DAOs. So we're one of their customers.
1: Cool. Well, I know you're passionate about community, you're passionate about ApeCoin, you're passionate about inclusion in the space. Is there other sort of specific technologies that you're excited about? I know you have that background in AI. When you look at the space and where we are, you have such an interesting background. What are some of the things about Web3 that you think are sort of untapped with unlimited potential?
6: Yeah, so I think, so I've been into the crypto for a long time. I got in 2016. In parallel, I was in the AI industry and Oh, that's another story of the AI story. But for the crypto, it really about what that person resonated with the part of the crypto, right? I got into crypto early, but decentralization has never been a huge part of me because I grew up in China and that wasn't like really my thing. And then it comes to DeFi world. And DeFi hasn't been really like my thing because I mean, I'm an engineer. So that doesn't really resonate with me that much as well. And then NFT created and that whole, culture-related and art part of it, and it really resonated with me.
1: Me too. I mean, it was the moment where I was like, wow, there's something more here than this sort of speculative economy.
6: Exactly. Like for people, I feel like we finally, after many years, we finally find a language that introduced this industry to the broader audience, doesn't have engineered background, doesn't have like that needs of decentralization or financial part of it, right? So with that being said, I was really excited about that language. So as we already onboarded a lot of people through NFTs, we can see that application level of onboarding is happening, and especially in Asia, since we're in Asia here. But like you will see that adoption and like the population benefit here. Like we just need the right language to introduce this industry to people, removing that part of like scammy perspective and like bias on people. Even in the Bay Area, like all the tech people, super smart, but then. When i talk about crypto they still think it's scammy so i think we need that language for people to understand and it doesn't matter like what kind of like industry it could be games it could be social apps it could be movies and anything like that's something i'm really really excited
1: yeah that makes sense yeah so i think nfl rivals just came out it's a really cool game that mythical games you don't know that your players are nfts you don't know that you're playing a blockchain game the marketplace just feels like a regular marketplace, right? I think that's what you're talking about, these practical applications. I'm curious, I wanna kind of go back to your background in AI, because not too many people were on both trains at the same time. Do you think there's sort of this closer sort of convergence happening where these things are coming together in parallel? And to what extent do you think that AI can sort of support Web3 um, instead of it being sort of considered antagonistic or sort of a competing technology?
6: Yeah, so I was in the AI and AI has been around for a while. And it got really popular because of like chatGPT and it's because much closer.
1: Generative to AI. Yeah, generative
6: yeah. AI. It's much closer to us. But like that technology, it includes a lot of parts. There's a lot of hard problems need to, to, to be solved. And I think in terms of AI, a lot of crypto, we can see crypto and uh, crypto and AI can landing on like, you know, shared GPUs for improve that experience of AI generations. But I also think AI could really benefit in this whole creator economy. And that way, including artists, music, also content creator, you know, we're here like creating contents. And that whole AI experience will make what that idea is turn to a product, at least a proof of concept. Faster,
1: right? Yeah.
6: Much faster, much easier, and you will know this is not like the one that you want, or this is the one that you want, and you can easily showcase as well. So we'll see more like in the future, like storytelling can actually be generating by using the technology of AI, and plus like visual, like music part. I think that will be something like I'm really excited about, like that align embed of AI and crypto and I think that's like growing to like the broader audience so there's one app it's called can of soup it's created by Y Combinator people and it's scanning your face and then it will be able to generate or you just put a prompt, like writing a story or whatever and then it will create your face into that different scenarios kind of like experience of Instagram
1: wow and I'm yeah. gonna have to check it out can of soup Cool. Yes,
6: yes, and it will be like the future of Metaverse. You can see like a smaller like seed of how will that look like and like a bit of taste of like the future Metaverse.
1: Very cool. And on the blockchain front, are there any emerging projects that you may not even be directly tied to that you're excited about? because you see a lot of things. you're oh, yeah, traveling yeah. To all these events. What sort of emerging technology gets you excited?
6: Yes. So there is one project called Story Protocol. They're actually lead by A16Z. I'm actually talking with them a lot. So they're kind of like a protocol on the layer of IP licensing plus storytelling. So they're actually solving the bigger problem, not only just for creators, right? They're also facing the consumers that, who are willing to use hmm. IP. So I think that's another very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more women product or build because we wanted that language to deliver to women. So I'm creating my own like Web3 cosmetic line.
1: Okay. So
6: trying to use. Is it that. digital
1: and physical or just physical?
6: Digital and physical. So including like governance and voting mechanism, revenue share mechanism into the cosmetic brand, but it will be a physical cosmetic stuff.
1: Cool. Have you decided where you're going to make them and like some of the products and some of the unique components of the cosmetics?
6: Yes. yes. So I'm working with a very, very amazing OEM, their IPO company in the U.S. and they do a lot of big brand production. So they have a factory in the U.S. and in uh, Korea. When I was in uh, Korea, I went to see the factory. I'll post my picture on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Okay. cool, cool. Have you publicly shared the name of this company yet or is that soon to come?
6: Well, if you guys seen the Made by Apes, that whole video, and you can see, like, there's a picture of uh, Bored Chili, and that's actually the product, the teaser, my knowledge.
1: Okay, and when's the product line coming out?
6: Planning to come out during the Ape Fest, but the factory is giving me a hard time, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've worked in physical goods for many years. Yeah, timelines are notional, especially in the current sort of production environment. Very busy factories and yeah. shortage of supplies, yeah. so yeah. you'll get there. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We'll definitely give a shout out to your product when it launches. And it's really cool to spend some time with you, getting to know you better. Where can folks go to follow everything you're up to?
6: Well, you guys can follow me on Vera the Ape, on Twitter. You can also email me veratheape at gmail.com or Telegram, but I want to kind of give a lot of people the introduction of the Ape Coin as well. People would associate us with B A Y C and assume that you need a BYC to participate in our DAO, but you only need one Ape Coin to be part of the DAO and... Our Which is like a couple dollars
1: USDC. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't really need an ape to be part of a DAO and you are the creator of our community product. So you are the owner and you're the creator.
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and I look forward to uh, staying in touch with more of your adventures.
6: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hosting.
4: Okay. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. Out, go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the
3: rabbit hole. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of NFT reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. Our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. From time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of those links. Refer to our website, www.edgeofnft.com, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, and privacy policy.